this group. They're Elevation Worship. If you haven't checked them out, go check them out. New sound for the season. They've got a lot of good stuff out there. There's a lot of new music coming on the scene right now. Happy Good Friday, by the way. Hi, guys. Howdy and hugs right back. Um, I've got a really cool prophetic word today. It, God has just been showing up all day long, and I'm so excited. I didn't actually intend on being on here today, though. I, I asked the Lord, and he said, it's up to you because it's Good Friday. And I said, well, I really kind of want to, Lord. I want to want to talk to your people. And, and I was really encouraged by the team word today. But it's just the conversation has just continued on. So I hope you guys like the background. Hey guys, good afternoon. It's good to see everybody on Facebook and YouTube. So I hope you guys are having a great, new, a great good Friday. But, you know, with everything good, you have to also anticipate. <clears throat> the enemy doesn't want you having a good Friday. So you did. Congratulations to you, Sue. That's awesome news. Praise God. Good afternoon, everybody. It's good afternoon. Everybody's just popping up on my board now. So obviously, y'all are busy. You're not getting ready for your Good Friday? Y'all haven't started yet. <laughs> Mine starts after this. So it's been a Good Friday anyway, so it doesn't matter. But anyway, let me just tell you what's been going on. So what's going on with you today? Well, this is a Satanic day versus your Good Friday. If you didn't see my little update for Intercessors and Frontrunners um, on, what was it, yesterday? Day before yesterday? I was talking to you about what the enemy is doing to prepare for the day. They're going to be having, this is a, a satanic holiday today, and they call this Black Friday, although it's your Good Friday. And then they also are having human sacrifices tonight. They've got a full moon tonight. So I'm going to teach you how to bring this down. But before I go into this, because we've had a lot of people falsely accusing us of not wanting to help people. Well, the reason why we have you come in a specific way into the ministry, first of all, you have to be called to be a front runner. Because if you don't have the grace to do this, you'll get your butt kicked. That's just how, it, that's just what it is. That's all it is. The second thing is, is that God has a very, very specific way that he draws men unto himself. Would you not agree? He has a very specific way. His ways aren't our ways. So this new place that he's drawing a lot of people into, I'm not going to say a lot. It's a people group out of four per Kurt Landry. But he's, he's drawing us into himself in a very, very specific way. So all this kickback that we've been getting from some of you is because you're not wanting to change or be changed. And you can't have the higher places of the kingdom unless you're willing to do things God's way. And so that's not even realistic for you to think of. That's a childish behavior. That's a childish mindset. So before I tell you today what witchcraft is hitting you with, and how to engage this stuff. Because I'm going to let some of you have some information today. But I want to reiterate that your need in your need to do this or your need in your thinking you can do this before you do it. You need to be clean before God. You need to be very, very clean before God. Hallelujah. That's wonderful news, Susan. That is such good news. So to have a clean heart, you need to have a clean heart if you're going to ward high levels. You need to have clean hands. Would you not agree? If you're going to ward high levels, but also you need to have the same type of mindset and heart condition if you're going to enter into God's heart. Because, you know, it didn't take very much to war against the enemy. God is all powerful. Love is the most powerful force on earth. But in order to enter in before a holy God into his heart, into the deepest place of his, of his heart, he's very particular. He's very particular. 
And he doesn't, he tells you to set a guard over your heart, right? So if he's telling you to set a guard over your house, to keep watch over your house, aren't you picky about who comes into your house? Who interacts with your family? And if you're not, then you're foolish. Because most people are. We're really, really picky about who we allow in around people that we love. Well, God is the same good father. He's a good father. But he has a way in the way that he does things. And he's calling a people group in now, preferably everybody, but not everybody's going to comply. He's calling us all into his heart with the heart of David. So if you want a war at this level, or if you need deliverance, before I tell you what I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give a warning for everybody. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Hi, James. You're going to need to have a clean heart. If you need deliverance, do not engage. That's what I'm going to give the warning for before I even, even for leaders. If you need, if you think you need deliverance, do not do this. You will get backlash. That's why we take our people through year long deliverance to get them and teach them how to war at these high levels to get them cleaned up. And it's severe deliverance. You can ask anybody on our team. They've been, they've gone through extreme cleansing. So if you want to war at these higher levels, then, and you feel clean enough to do this, you feel confident enough, then I'm going to invite you to listen to what I have to say. And if you want to war at these higher levels and you don't feel confident, then contact us at EzekielsWill.org, Navigator at gmail.com. I'd love to help you with that. We'll take you through deliverance and get you up and running. But if you try to do this without being clean, your attempts are futile. This is why God wanted you to get cleaned up to begin with. He knew that the darkness was going to be coming up to this level. So based on Matthew 12, 26, the Lord says this, If Satan cast out Satan, he's divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? He also stated in another scripture, Satan can't cast out Satan. Satan can't cast out Satan. Jesus told them, called the disciples this. So meaning, how can you cast out something that you yourselves might house in your own vessels like if you operate in Jezebel or witchcraft, you can't cast out witchcraft. You've got it in you. That's hypocrisy. You can't do that. That thing will rear up against you. That's why you get a lot of backlash sometimes when you try to take on these higher level devils. So it'll bring backlash, which is why God has been having me tell many of you, the people that want all these power tools, that you're power hungry, that you need to get your hearts cleaned up because you're Entering in, entering in with the wrong motives, first of all, if I can speak. So you need to get your heart condition cleaned up. Because not God is not about throwing his pearls. He doesn't throw pearls. He doesn't waste when he dons a king or a queen with new jewels. He doesn't waste a thing. He dons clean vessels. When he's teaching you how to rule and reign in a thing. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So... If you're not willing to get cleaned up, you're not going to fare very well here. So God is telling you this, too, in this season for your own protection, by the way. So if you engage, the Lord's saying you need to be claiming protection over yourself. If you're going to do what I'm going to show you, claim protection over yourself, your family, your animals, angels, everything. Psalms 91, Isaiah 52, 12, Ephesians 16 through 18, and Romans 3, 25. Take notes. Please take notes. Because you're going to need to cancel out 
and bind before you even start. Any early death assignments or freak accidents. And the spirit of Bacillus. You need to be binding the spirit of Bacillus from now, April 30th, until September 15th anyway. That's the season of Bacillus. What does the season of Bacillus do? Bacillus is the spells that are released, and it's a demon that's released to cover an entire people group to cause the degradation of society. It wears a belt of deception instead of a belt of truth. Um, it's kind of an ostrich house, at, not half ostrich, half rooster, half man type of a demon. And it wears jewelry. Um, it, it's, it's got feathers, half feathers. So you're going to need to pluck out its head or pluck out its feathers, then bind its head, its hands, its feet, and its mouth. And strip off its belt of deception. If you're going to be praying this way, if you're an, intercess- an intercessor on an international federal level, you're going to want to strip the blanket off of society, that blanket spell. 2 Samuel 2.21, Exodus 15.6. And so, protection first, then you're going to strike down early death assignments, freak accidents, and the spirit of Basilisk. And then you're going to engage. Now, what's going on tonight? If you follow these things and you understand how the enemy does these things, then you're going to be understanding the enemy's ways. You're going to have gone into the enemy's camp to find out his strategies. And so tonight is a full moon. Mm-hmm. which means the occult is going to be having human sacrifices. So you're first going to have to block the power that the full moon supplies. Genesis 8 to nullify it. 1 Corinthians 1.19 on an international, federal, state, city, county, and personal level. It's going to let you try it. Because tonight they're doing innocent blood sacrifices. They're human sacrifices that require a male adult. It's a blood sacrifice. And then Tomorrow on Resurrection Eve, they're doing another human sacrifice. That's female, adult only. So you need to cancel out the blood because the Lord says not to use the life source because there's power in the blood. So they're utilizing it in a mockery, from a mockery stance, if you will. So you want to block the power that they're trying to evoke from innocent blood sacrifices. Erase it, Genesis 7.23. And erase the tag locks that connect that blood to their altars. Okay, now we're getting into high, high, high level intercession. How do you block the power from an innocent blood sacrifice? You also want to erase all blood sacrifices or all blood used from innocent blood sacrifices that are written on walls and on the floors. Erase it, Genesis 7.23. And nullify the spells attached to it, 1 Corinthians 1.19. Hi, Sonia. Nullify it all. And then you're going to dry up the power behind it. You're going to speak a drought over that land, that demonic land. The power behind their altars, the power behind their demonic waters, and their anointings. You're going to dry it up. Jeremiah 51, 36, Jeremiah 50, 38. For it is written, a drought is upon her waters, and they shall be dried up. For it is the land of graven images, and they are mad upon their, their idols. And then the Lord says in Jeremiah 51, 36, Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will plead thy cause and take vengeance for thee, and I will dry up her sea and make her springs dry. That's the first steps. So you're going to take authority then over that magic, erasing their tag locks. What's a tag lock? A tag lock is something that connects their magic to their altars. It can connect you to their altars. 
You need to be doing that anyway. You need to be erasing Highland. You need to be erasing all tag locks over your life anyway. That'll cut down on half your witchcraft so you can start to get free. And you need to be breaking their ability to connect that magic to any altar on the inside or the outside of those demonic vessels. Nullify all the ingredients on their altar, 1 Corinthians 1.19. And sever the connections to the magic and the power they try to release through it. Which means, if they're doing that, they're having innocent blood sacrifices, they're trying to release power on their demonic ley lines, their trade routes, their grids, and into their witchcraft webbing systems on the international, federal, state, city, county, and personal level. How do you do that? I'm going to teach you how to do this real quick. Write this down. You're going to collapse 1 Corinthians 12, 13, all their spells, collapse all their layered, structured, written or spoken, frontwards or backwards spells out of any book that they use, any book known or unknown, collapse it. You're going to do this on the international, federal, state, city, county, and personal level. And then you're going to nullify all reinforcement spells, protection spells over those spells, over those demonic realities, demonic structures. You're going to nullify those things. 1 Corinthians 1.19. And then you're going to dissolve them. James 4.14, melting them. Psalms 104.4, fire, whatever weapon you choose. But get them out of, off those levels. And that will eradicate their trade routes, their ley lines, their witchcraft webbing systems. And their grids that their demons travel on. Okay? Let me tell you the types of magic they're going to be using. This is what the Lord put his finger on for me to see. They're going to be using sun, moon, and stars magic. Ritual magic. Underworld magic. Which includes animal magic. Limited to underground animals. Elemental magic. Earth magic, shadow magic, water magic, nature magic, ley line manipulation magic, plant magic, limited to underground plants, spell casting, lava magic, metal magic, mineral magic, seasonal magic. Hello, it's springtime. You're operating in a clock. Ezekiel's will. Sacrificial magic, magical empowerment, blood magic, dark arts, death magic, mass, magical energy, manipulation of sacrificial power. Spell casting, chanting, you're going to nullify all of their demonic worship, 1 Corinthians 1.19 and the power behind it, any way that it conjures demons. Empowerment of any kind, dance manipulation, energy sourcing magic, spell casting, voodoo, intuition, that's their fivefold giftings by the way. Augmentation power, bestowal prayer, empowerment, purification, ritual manipulation, soul absorption, worship empowerment, purple magic, alchemy and dark alchemy. That's using the metals. We're into quantum physics and things like that. You need to be bonding these things. Motion magic, reinforcement magic, life and death magic, lunar magic. Hell fire magic, holiday magic, demonic strange fire magic, or unholy fire. Faith magic, extra dimensional magic, dark arts, 
dark chi magic, dark world magic. Just go back and listen to the replay if you miss some of this. Just stop it and write it down. Cyberspace magic, curse magic, cosmic magic, creation magic, conjuring magic. Here you, Lord. Where they conjure bigger demons and strong men from other universes to fight you with. There are demons on planets. Bone magic. I know. Remember, God sits in heavenly places. The earth is his footstool. Where do you think these things are fought at? In the cosmos. So, barrier magic, blood magic, artificial elemental magic, ash magic, elemental manipulation, gravity magic, planetary combat, planetary empowerment, planetary physiology, demonic world healing associations, Cosmic manipulation magic, cosmic magic, nature magic, and then planetary embodiment. They're trying to bring their version of heaven or the enemy's hell onto the earth. Like God is trying to bring heaven into the earth. So they're fighting for who's going to dominate. And the enemy hates you because you've been made in God's image. So God's teaching you how to rule and reign the way he meant for you to out of the book of Genesis. So what does this do for a witch and Satanist? Because we're, we're going to, that's as much as I'm going to tell you about that. It helps their demonic anointings. Hello, you need to nullify those, block those, cancel them out. Or the spirit operating around them, bind their head, their hands, their feet, and their, their mouth. Overtake those around them. To where if you refuse to get spiritually cleaned up, those demons overtake you. Remember I've told you about making sure you're getting cleaned up. The light is getting lighter on you and the darkness is coming up right behind that. It's getting darker. That's why God said keep climbing, get free. The only way to climb is to get free. Which brings your spirit man higher up God's mountain as the light gets lighter. And you don't want to get overtaken by the darkness. So that's why God's been telling you this this whole year and a half. You think I've been talking to hear myself talk? God does definitely not talk to hear himself talk. He's trying to help a lot of you. And a lot of you think you know more than him. And so I'm going to warn you before you do that. If you do not have a clean heart, you'll get your butt kicked. I'm not lying to you. Because Satan cannot cast out Satan. And that's the whole reason why. I'm letting you have some of our information right now. Might teach some people a hard lesson about engaging a holy God and not doing what he's telling them to do. But he's trying to take you somewhere if you'll listen. If you're hesitant, you're probably wise. If you're probably wiser than most, because we spend a whole year getting our people cleaned up in order for them to fight at these levels. Very, very clean. So with that, let's get into some good news. I want to talk to you about the good news. That's what today's all about is the good news. I just had to give you that overview because I need you to, for some of you who are qualified to ward those levels, that's how you're going to engage that and whatever else the Holy Spirit tells you to do. So we're going to talk about Joshua 11, 1 through 12, 24. When the enemy's people unite, God's people must unite. Don't you think that's what he's doing? And by the way, the title for today's message is satanic holiday versus God's good Friday. The devil unites against God's people. And the Lord's saying, enter in. Enter in. It's time to enter in. Time to enter into rest. So the enemies, this what was going on in the background behind this is that the enemies of Israel 
and united to stop Israel's advance. Don't you feel like the enemy's doing that right now? Against America's advance? Trying to stop the Lord's people from taking their country back? And so God had assured Joshua, remember Joshua was, was of a different spirit, that Joshua would win the battle. He told him ahead of time, you're going to win. Because you inquired of me, so since you've inquired of me, I'm going with you into battle. Which was what you want to happen every single time. Every single time. You don't want to go into battle alone. That's just foolishness. David knew better than that. So what I'm sensing right now is going on around America is that many covens are uniting tonight on this holiday, on this demonic holiday, to stop on their Black Friday, but on our Good Friday, to stop Christians around the nation from breaking through. It's up to you as to if you can engage or not. My prayer is that a lot of these big churches will get a hold of this stuff and join in under the corporate anointing and knock the crap out of these people. I mean, literally strip off their blanket spells, off intercessors around the nation, and then dissolve their demonic realities on the international, federal, state, city, county, and personal level. And then I'm even going to tell you a tidbit for some of you that are higher up in the spirit, because you can help this way. You need to go back into their bloodlines, and you need to erase all their taglock connections between all demonic mantles that have been passed on through their generations. Erase the connection point and put a block in between there. A Holy Ghost block, Genesis 8 too, to where they don't have any power. They can't rely on the mantles of their forefathers. We can they won't ever be able to do it if you block them. So we're blocking them. So that's up to you. So I'm just, just tip for the day. But God says for you today, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, meaning if you'll quit allowing the enemy to keep you in your flesh where you need deliverance and keep you in, in fighting, then God will heal all that. He'll heal America. We've got so many people vying to be number one when God says the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And if my people will humble themselves and quit vying to be first and quit competing with one another, you'll heal our land. If they will unite, you'll heal our land. So the white hats are winning as God brings up the pure hearted people into position. Thank the Lord. And since God does no respect of persons, what he does for one, he wants to do for all. Isn't God a good God? So while I'm going to be honest with you, I'm going to give you the truth in all things. That's what I'm a truth person, double sword of truth here. But some of you have been so busy blaming everyone else for your problems spiritually. While the rest of us have been busy about our father's business. Trying to get free and get into position. But you served as a stumbling block in the courts of heaven. You've served as stumbling blocks in the spirit. Where the enemy's been... trying to use you to get in the clean-hearted people's way, the clean-hearted people group trying to climb. And God's saying, I'll do it for you too if you'll humble yourself before me and let me clean you up and quit acting like you know everything. He's been talking to a lot of you, a lot of leaders. He's not trying to leave anybody out. He's just trying to make you do things his way. So while you've been getting offended and been getting angry in the courts and been trying to release witchcraft prayers against people. God's like, it's not going to work. You're either going to do it my way or you're going to hit the highway. Colonel Andrews has already been used to say there's only one people group going in. And that's people group is the people with the heart of David. So God is trying to find 
humble hearts who will acknowledge their shortcomings in this hour so that he can flow through them, to them, through them, to help deliver them, to help the nation get free. But the one key to God's flowing through a heart is that that heart understands that Jesus Christ is truth and grace. Did you know that? So that means, remember, we've, we've talked to you about the apparatus of religion for the last year and a half. I'm so sick of it. I'm, I'm just ugh, tired of talking about it. But he's saying to say it. Jesus Christ is not religion. Okay. The apparatus of religion will not do anything for you. If you're thinking that's your safety net, it's going to wind up biting you in the rear in the end if you don't get free from it. But God is straight up truth and grace. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And he's pure grace. He died on a cross so that we would have grace. He died for our sins. If you keep negating his death, then he died in vain. So if you still persist on going into God's courts, trying to implement his scripture with truth and no deliverance within your heart, none of your words and scriptures will stand because God didn't speak it. Grace didn't speak it. You might think you're speaking the truth because you're speaking the word, but there's no grace in you. You're missing a part of God's heart. So your words will fall to the ground. So if you're trying to use the higher weapons of war without deliverance, your actions are going to be ineffective and unaligned with love. That's what he's been trying to say the whole time. Maybe I haven't conveyed it very well because I'm a spiritual double sword of truth but I've done my best I'm just going to be me in the process I'm not going to be who you think I should be I'm going to be who Christ made me to be because I like me God likes me he redeemed me and if he redeemed me then he found something worthy in me that he wanted to use and the same with you but I'm not going to be something that somebody else thinks I should be that's not true authenticity but in this hour, God is looking for authentic hearts. He's looking for hearts full of love, hearts full of grace, to understand that everybody's got shortcomings. Everybody's got something. And if that heart understands that it doesn't have to defend itself, then that heart's also not going to be insecure about having to prove a thing or demanding its own way. Remember, love never demands its own way. But you've gotten free. And then when you engage battling within the courts of heaven, the only thing you will say and pray is what your father speaks, what truth really is speaking through grace. Then you're assured the victory. This is a lot of higher, it's, it's a lot of layered learning, but I'm just putting it out there and you can just disseminate it. But you're assured the victory when you only pray what you hear your father saying. Jesus said that. He only said what he heard his father saying. The same premise is true in the courts. So if you keep saying that you want what, what you want to come to pass and there's no love and grace in it, only flesh, you're always going to stay in the powerless position. You won't be in the power seat of God. So how do we follow orders before, during, and after the victory? Because it's important. It's just as important how we follow orders after the battle begins as it is before. And this is the season where obedience brings blessing. He's been telling us that the whole time. Where God is looking 
for hearts that will obey him, no matter if they agree or disagree in everything we do say and pray. He's looking at all hearts to see how they follow through the processes of testing. Do you realize that even learning the courts of heaven is a process of testing? I'll get to that in a second. It's going to blow your mind, the revelation coming there. It's going to blow your mind. Because Joshua did know this. Joshua was a man of a different spirit. He had a heart that was fearless. He was fierce. There was no fear in love. He walked purely in the Lord's spirit. He was General Joshua. But he knew this and he knew how to implement it. And he gave him 31 victories over 31 evil kings. He knew exactly what to do. He knew how to fight God's way. And God used Joshua to defeat every spiritual enemy to where now he even reigns in heaven. Did you know that? And you can get that mantle. You can ask for a portion of his mantle and his knowledge, but you can also learn from it and how to take your land and claim the victory in every situation or any type of testing God puts you into. Because God's brought you to that place to teach you how to battle with within God's spirit. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So God is trying to bring you into rest. And in order to do this, <clears throat> some of you need to get deliverance. And if you want to enter into that promised land blessing, you definitely do. <clears throat> Which is going to give you the ability to operate at very high level spiritually. Which brings us to Luke 17, 11 through 37. Where it's talking about the faith to forgive and the faith to serve. What does that mean? I was kind of baffled and kind of curious about that when I started researching that today. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Pardon me, please. But people that have the faith to forgive and the faith to serve... They actually have a faith to pray. They have a heart of prayer. That's really key in this hour. Do you keep your altars well oiled? Or do you only run to run to God when you get into a fix or into a jam? Do you maintain relationship? That's uber key. And the 10 men that had leprosy believed that Jesus could actually heal them. They just believed. And so he did. He healed them. But then what really, really touched his heart was the Good Samaritan who not only brought joy to Christ, God also brought salvation back to him because he just believed. He just innocently believed and he trusted God. And that's a key too in this hour. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Because the one thing, there's several key things the enemy's trying to hit within the body of Christ right now. He's trying to make you feel like God doesn't love you. That's I.E. per Creflo dollar. If you didn't go listen, go listen to a series on grace. I've been listening to it for the last two weeks and I love it. Absolutely love it. He's hilariously funny and he's so not religious. He's just awesome. But he's talking about grace and about how Jesus was grace. Jesus is truth. He's both one and the same. You can't have one without the other. So if here I am talking to you about being authentic for the last year and a half and trying to, you know, get this into the body of Christ and <clears throat> same message. Same cat, different color, different week. But he was talking too about, you know, how the body of Christ is really struggling because we've been mourning for so long. This is my perception of what he said, by the way. Sometimes you can go through so much that you forget that God loves you. You forget that God loves you. And he really, really loves you. Despite what you go through, God will always be good. 
He will never stop being good. No matter if you don't get what you want, if you don't get what you've been praying for, <clears throat> if you've got warfare coming at you in the courts or not, it, it, matter, it matters not if you lose anything. He's still good. Because God knew what was going to happen and come your way long before it ever reached your, your, your doorstep. He knew it. So my interpretation of that was that, you know, the, how does the enemy make me feel like God doesn't love me? He comes at my trust. He comes at my confidence. He comes at my belief in God, my ability to love. And he comes in with the opposite of all four of those, a lack of trust, a lack of confidence, unbelief, discouragement, which causes me and pulls me out of the spirit. So you're going to have to learn how to strike those fiery arrows down and release the truth that God loves me. And you might even need to get deliverance for that. The fear that God doesn't love you. Because he most definitely loves you. And when you get that revelation of how much God loves you, you know that all is well with your soul. You enter into rest. You enter into rest over a thing. You don't worry so much. And by the way, I want to also give kudos. Those are, Creflo Dollar is one of our fathers of faith. The other three are Jesse Duplantis, Kenneth Copeland, and Jerry Savelle. They're known as the fathers of faith for our generation. The Lord gave them all four a very specific mandate of teaching our generations, all generations, how to pray and decree a thing, decree a thing, decree a thing. And if you're not operating from that perspective by this point in the ballgame, you need deliverance. You definitely need deliverance. That's all I must say. So we're going to move into this message. So while we're learning about the courts of heaven, we must also heed the warning of being able to recognize the courts for what they are and how they serve us. And then interesting. What does that mean? You're like, serve us. How do the courts of heaven serve the body? You ever thought about that? God showed me this today. They serve the body through the accusation process by teaching us what's really going on in our own hearts. So they serve the body through the accusation process by teaching us what's really going on in our own hearts. When God allows others in the body to accuse or even the demonic, we learn a couple of things. You want to know what we learn? I don't know about you. This is what I've learned. I've learned who's really flowing in the truth of God's truth and not our own version of it. (laughs) That's the truth. That's what I've learned. Sincerely, though. And then I've learned when I need to get cleaned up. We learn when we we need to get cleaned up when people come in with God's truth and he's got a a valid accusation and it blocks things. You learn where you need to get cleaned up and Lest those truthful accusations hold you back for a lack of obedience. Remember, obedience brings blessing. So you're going to repent. You're going to say, God, get this off me. Free me of this mess. Free me. And then you get to serve other people in the courts of heaven. At first, when God told me this, I said, are you, are you kidding me? I, it's like not a snowball. And he said, yes, yes, Missy, yes, yes, yes. You get to help them get cleaned up. I'm like, well, you're God. I'm not. I'm not God. I am. I don't have a license to do that. And he goes, I'm fixing to give you one. I'm fixing to teach you how. So I'm having to learn as a truth person, because I'm I'm like some of you, 
You know, a lot of warriors, we want justice. We want justice. Well, God is the determining factor and the judge of justice. And by the way, for those of you who keep acting like everybody's judge, jury, and executioner, you can't go into somebody else's part of the kingdom and sit on their bench. Only God sits on the bench. God's going to bing. He's going to ding your butt off his bench just like that. He's going to say, get out of my chair. You're seated beside me in heavenly places. I didn't tell you to sit on my throne. You're not the judge. You're not the jury. You're not the executioner. So those of you who participate as eunuchs to Jezebel, and you want to act like you're in an evil council and you're going to get so-and-so. I'm going to get them. I'm going to bring them down. I'm going to break them. God's like, really? If something's of God, you can't do anything. You can't do squat. Jezebel has no power. It's all witchcraft. Go play with your father, the devil. But God is kicking out all evil councils in this hour. He's kicking all people who try to sit on the bench. Your, your place is not in that position. You come into the courts and you ask the Lord, Lord, See if there's any unclean thing in me. Hopefully, you're learning how to use the courts correctly. So, God is showing us what others accuse us of and our need for deliverance, as well as our privilege of getting to serve them and the king by helping a brother out. You can help a brother out by taking them through deliverance from a distance so they can come kicking or screaming, or they can come, but either way, they're going to get free. God's making a way where there is no way. So good for you if you're learning about the courts right now because it's a wonderful tool. So we're in a season where God has many at their first Jordan River crossing over into their promised land blessings. How many of you feel like you're in a transitional place right now? I'm excited right now. I'm so excited. And the devil can have all of his Black Fridays that he wants. Go knock yourself out. You ain't going to touch it come Sunday. Sunday's coming, whether you like it or not. Hope you get free. So in order, though, for us to cross over, many, though, still need to get free, lest they be held back, because there's only one people group entering into the land per Kurt Landry. I hope that's you. I do hope that's you. And don't let fear get into your heart if if you're afraid that it's not. Just get on your knees and say, God, I want that to be me. Clean me up. Whatever you need to do, get me clean so I can cross over this Easter, this Resurrection Sunday. So if, if you remember Monday's Rev, we talked about Joshua knowing to perform circumcision every time he crossed over. Did you, have you read that? He knew to do this process, but they were allowed, the people that performed the circumcision process or the deliverance process, As soon as God crossed them over and they entered into the next level of the spirit, the next place of increase, they started going through deliverance. They started going through and performing circumcision on their people because that's what God called them to do in the land. It's a process. It's God's ways, which is a step in the Christian progression of faith if they want to go higher because God's ways aren't our ways and deliverance is the only way to move into the pure place of God's heart. So, This gives us faith. If you think about it like this, check check this out. This is what God showed me today too. This is comparable to the 14 virgins. I think it was 14 virgins waiting to get into the wedding feast. And you're like, how is that? Check this out. Only a few went into the feast with the bridegroom because the others weren't paying attention or weren't keeping their lamps lit with fresh oil. Do you keep your altars well oiled? Do you maintain a prayer 
relationship with the Lord. So they didn't keep their relationship with God fresh and anew. So they didn't seek out the new move of God and they got left out when Jesus came. He came to move the faithful ones into the new place of feasting. This is a, a it's kind of a uh, an example of that. Although I believe this is depicting the end times. Well, we're in we're getting close. But he's telling us to pay attention to all the moves of God, to all the Jordan River crossings. Because your ways aren't God's ways, and obedience brings blessing. And if you knew for certain that the Lord was going to be arriving back, even through a new move, wouldn't you be attentive to make sure you were doing everything he said to do? So that you could cross over into your Jordan or enter in? Wouldn't you be attentive? I I am. I feel a need to be attentive in this hour, to watch what I'm doing. And this is the way to continually live in the will of God. Paying attention to your heart conditions and how you're living. Are you living in the center of God's will today? Or are you just settling for the apparatus of religion? Because that is not the center of his will. And to those of you who are afraid of being wrong, the Lord's saying, quit looking back like like Lot's wife. Because that old move, that old wine, that old apparatus of religion isn't relevant for today. It never was relevant if it's the apparatus of religion. The Lord's saying, keep coming forward. Don't be destroyed in your need to look back at something that's not even relevant or working anymore. Every move has a new anointing, a new wine, a different way of doing things for that level. And God is telling you to get free in this hour if you want to partake in it. Okay, that's your message for Good Friday. It's going to be a Good Friday if you listen. I hope you are. So we're moving into Psalms 84, 1 through 12. And it's talking about celebrating the feast knowing how to follow God in this new move. How do you follow him? What can hinder you from following him? Let's go there. This psalm actually has to do with the Lord explaining the need to celebrate the feast yearly, to move through the heart of God. Remember I told you there are four quadrants of God's heart. We move from January 1 through April 30th, April 30th through September 15th, and then September 15th through the through the. November season and then through a small portion of December because December is the crescendo or C4 portion of his heart. So the C1, C2, C3, C4, chamber one, chamber two, three, and four. Now the first portion, January 1 through April 30th, is the deliverance season. The first two months of that year, that part of the year, is an alignment time. It's critical that you come out of the last level of Christ's heart into the new level, getting realigned for what he's expecting you to do on this new level. Okay? And then you're going to focus on deliverance from, I'm going to say February through April 30th. And you should be focused on it the whole time you're going through April, January 1 through April 30th. That's my focus. I'm always going through deliverance. Always, always, always. It's, it's just a key. And so, when I hit C2, if you're a frontrunner, right now you should be already in C2. Frontrunners are always ahead. And we're, boy, are we experiencing it. It's like we never stopped four years ago. <laughs> but uh, perpetual fire, perpetual fire. Um, but yeah, C2 is a refining process. It's Holy Ghost fire. 
And then you also take on strange fire. It's a, high, it's a time of high witchcraft where God allows both types to put pressure on us. It's a type of refinement, but it's also a type of testing, a time of testing where God is testing the mind. It's a battle of the mind from April 30th through September 15th, especially April 30th through July 7th or through the 17th, whichever the 9th of all falls on. But it's April 30th through the 9th of all. And in the witchcraft gets hot. Oh, my Lord. And you're going to feel like, let me tell you what you're going to feel like. You're going to feel like you're not hearing God. You're going to feel like he's abandoned you. You're going to feel like, ah, uh, I can't hear God to prophesy. I can't sense him. I can't sense my blessings. I don't know where I'm at. What else does he hit us with? Should I be attached to this ministry I'm attached to? Let me see. Should I tithe? All these crazy trained thoughts that go through your head. Ah, you may be open to like offense, I don't you speak to me like that because you're all it just puts pressure on you and you're gonna have to get a grip on your emotions because God's not gonna tolerate that. It's a testing for you to get free. It's a refinement process. We saw kind of, we we see so many crazy things, <laughs> so many crazy things, man. We've been doing this. You know, we're gonna be doing this eight years this year, eight years this year. Ezekiel's will. So. We've been teaching people how to move through the heart of God for eight years. And I have seen, I, I don't want to say I've seen everything under the sun, but doggone, I've seen a whole lot, a whole lot of crazy train stuff. A whole lot of crazy train. I think the caboose fell off the plane, off the train sometimes, off the plane too. Yeah. Trying to get this plane off the ground. So anyway, long story short, your main focus is to, you're walking blindly with your God during that time. God says, you're going to trust me in all things. If you can't sense me, if you can't feel me, it doesn't matter. I'm still a good God. And you're going to trust me to be a good God until I bring you into that new level again to where you can see more clearly. And, and then you're going to be operating in high levels, higher levels in your prophetic giftings, higher levels in your discernment. You're, the lower portions of God's heart, January 1 through April 30th, and actually it's through June or July, July combination they cross over there c2 crosses over with c3 and you start moving into c3 and that's when you start moving into the higher dimensions of god's heart which are the seven spirits of god those are the higher places of the spirit where you start growing you get hopefully promotion you get promotion and then when you move into c4 that's when you're going to hit in november october november that battle between the serpent and the eagle are you going to move higher and become a higher eagle? Or are you going to digress and go back to your old ways of the flesh, back into the zodiac? So that's how all that works. That's a lot. But this is a place where the progression of faith ignites us to go higher. And as God's ways aren't our ways, he's trying to teach us how to do it. So it's celebrating the feast, knowing how to follow him. What hinders us from following him? There are three attitudes that will stop you. Three attitudes. And it's understanding the first one is understanding the blessing of dwelling. Okay, you got to understand what it takes to maintain your land. And the Le- the Levitical. Let me if I can talk. The Levitical priest. Levitical. The priest, kings, queens, priests, leaders have a tendency. I think above anybody because a lot of you have been walking with the Lord longer than most because of the way you hopefully serve Him. I hope you serve Him well. But we can sometimes take our walks for granted, especially for five full ministers. I know for me, 
When I started learning about the fivefold giftings 25, 30 years ago, I was in awe. I thought, oh, God is so here. And I couldn't get enough of Jesus. I was just on my face every time the doors were open. I was in church. Every time. My family thought I'd lost my mind. I did. <laughs> I got his. <laughs> Hopefully. But sincerely, I just thought, oh, my God, this is so cool. I've never seen the reality of God like this. And had my first encounter with a prophetess. Everybody was talking about this lady that was in town. She became my mentor. Her name was Sheila. And she read my mail. I mean, and, and you knew you felt the presence, the weighty presence of God. When she walked in the room, I thought, oh, who is that woman? But I knew who she was. I thought, that's got to be her. In my high, I'm having this dialogue in my head. That's got to be her. And she sat down and she said, who are you? And she pointed right at me, first off. And she said, who are you? And she read my mail. Boom, boom, boom. Told me about my past, my present, and my future. Yeah, And everything's come to pass, but one thing so far. Everything. But I had my encounter with God. And that was my first memorial stone that I laid in the ground at that time. And I thought, wow. Let's get this party started, God. This is awesome. This is more fun than any time I was ever out in the world. This is awesome. So I couldn't get enough. I couldn't get enough. And so we sometimes, though, when we step in, you've been walking with the Lord for so long. Now I'm 25 years later. And I was thinking about the other day, thinking, you know, God, I used to, God used to have me listening to the word eight hours a day for 14 years. Sincerely. Just constant word, constant word, constant word. And and it was because he was had me on a fast track to get me somewhere really, really fast, which I didn't know at the time. And then now I'm thinking, why don't I have that kind of time, Lord? I really miss that. And he goes, because I've got you doing different things, for one. But you can still have fellowship with me, Missy. He goes, I still make time to spend with you. He goes, it's just that your timing is different. But we can take that for granted is what I'm trying to say. We can take that dwelling place in the courts of the Lord for granted. And sometimes these people get so familiar with God's presence. But they forget how to maintain that altar. Remember, keep, I've been telling you, keep your altar well oiled. We're going to go over today, by the way, by a few minutes. So you have to then understand what God's, what God's altars are to him. And if you think about it, God's altars are to him what a nest is to a bird. It's a place of safety and satisfaction. You find fulfillment in abiding in him. Always knowing what he's saying. You feel secure. You know what's going on. You're not curious. You don't care about MSNBC. You don't care about CNN. You don't give a rat's. You know what he. <laughs> you know what he. Let's fill in the, the, the. I don't need to go there. So we'll. You're feeling safe. Happy Good Friday. I'm sorry. I'm just. Woo. So you're learning to abide in him. And learning to abide in God. is not a matter of geography. Because we can worship or love God from wherever we are if we learn to abide in him. So the second place or the second thing that can hinder you is understanding the blessing of desiring. Are you desiring the right things? Does your heart align with God's? What's in your heart? Because what is in your heart counts. It counts. God says to only pray when you hear your father praying and saying it matters. When your desires are godly, the Lord will not only give you all that you need because you know how to pray correctly, but you also know how to pray the Father's heart regarding His desires and what He has in store for you. 
you're not praying your flesh anymore. So when you're praying your flesh, your prayers don't go anywhere and you wind up disappointed. You want, and you learn really quickly about the prayer process, Lord, what's God and what's not. That's where the courts help us to define that as well. What we need deliverance of. Are you praying witchcraft prayers over people? God hates that. Hates it. Mean it. <laughs> he hates it. Because you bend people's will because the word is alive and you're not God. God says, I am the author and finisher of your faith. I am the healer. I'm Jehovah Rophe, not you. So I'm trying to teach my people to follow my ways, who are called by my name. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and learn his ways again. He's trying to teach you how to come back to him again and do things his way so that all things are well with you. So you don't wind up disappointed when your heart's desires don't align. And this is a season where God is cleaning up hearts to see who will follow him at deeper levels and who will choose to reside in him, in the inner court living. Everybody else will remain in the outer courts. Remember in the outer courts, you know what's in the outer courts? The demonic, the gnashing of teeth. That's where everything demonic has access. But in the inner courts, there's rest. You're coming in like a heart like David. So the third thing, final thing, is the blessing of depending on him. Are you depending on him? Are you being hindered from depending on him because you depend on yourself too much? You know everything. You, you are independent. You're self-sufficient. You know, I can help you out, God. I can help you pray this person in. Can you? Can you? <laughs> Do you know how that heart functions? Do you know how that heart was made? Do you know how much pressure that heart can take? Are you one of these people that gets in with your witchcraft prayers and you start adding your super to their natural? I'm talking about strange fire to their natural. And you create unnecessary stress in someone's life, making people want to slap you upside your head when they find out who prayed for them. Get your strange fire off of me. Go tend to your own altar. Clean up your own heart. Clean up the logs in your own eyes before you look at the specks in another person's. That's the purpose of this season. Because you're about to, your prayers are like a waterfall and the rest of us are getting ready to drown. So, God's true pilgrims then, if they're truly following his heart and they're operating in the blessing of dependence and trusting in the Lord, We go from strength to strength and faith to faith. And we trust the Lord because he gives us grace and glory. He gives us protection. And all that we have need of as he moves us higher into himself. But that movement stops when we stop getting cleaned up because each new level of God's spirit is higher spiritual laws that must be followed. Which is a narrowing, if you will. In order to climb higher, we have to adhere to the new standard. So as we wrap up today, if you don't want life to disappoint you, if you're, if you're tired of following the little G, little G with no power, the little G who thinks that they're going to have their Black Friday today, you need to learn to depend on him because God is the most powerful force on earth. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and love is a universal language. And love is the most powerful force on earth. 
So Proverbs 13, 5 and 6 states, The righteous hate what is false, but the wicked make themselves a stench and bring shame on themselves. Righteousness guards the person of integrity, but wickedness overthrows the sinner. You're coming into pureness, hopefully, by this time. You're stepping across your Jordan, and you're learning, hopefully, how to step into God's ways of doing things. There's no fear in love. Perfected love casts out fear. There's never fear in him. And there's never fear in even if your heart is clean and you have a clean heart and a clean hands before the Lord. There's never any fear that anything will overtake you, especially witchcraft or anything of the enemy's camp. Nothing can overtake you. So with that, I hope you guys are having a great, good Friday. I wish you guys well uh, as you move into your Resurrection Sundays. And I'm, I'm just looking forward to seeing, you know, uh, the power that we're moving into. I'm excited about that. So anyway, you guys have a blessed rest of your day. If I don't catch you the rest of the day, I'll catch you on Monday on the 15-minute rev. But until then, guys, have a great Friday. Enjoy yourselves, and I'll see you then.